0: There's a topic I want to get out of the way early on. What's that? So, as I think the list, the listeners really like when we talk about podcasts on our podcasts, it's it's very meta. Um, and I I have, I have some complaints. So we we complained last show or the show before about the for the format of um, commercials or ads in podcasts. I have a couple of other specific complaints. I'd like to uh, share with you, if, if you'll indulge me. Sure. The, um, so you've gotten me into Accidental Tech Podcast, or ATP. Um, the, the song that they play in between what they kind of call the show and then what I guess is sort of their equivalent of the After Dark, you know, they put them all just in one audio file, which I also don't really like, but anyway. Um, the song that plays in between those two, let's call them segments, Mm-hmm. Is positively awful. Who like who thinks that song is any good?
1: I think everybody and nobody. So um, there's this one person that I don't understand their appeal. His name is Jonathan Mann. Hey, have you ever heard of him?
0: I cannot say that I have.
1: Right, I think that's his name. It's something, something man. Um, and if you listen to, well, actually, did you listen to the most recent ATP? Yes. Was there also a song about Backblaze in it?
0: So that um, that was going to be another complaint, but okay. so, continue. So,
1: so real quick. So he's this one guy who, he did a song, well, remember the AntennaGate thing with Apple in 2010 with the iPhone 4? Yes. So he was on YouTube, and I think that's how he got sort of famous. And he made a song about overblown AntennaGate stuff, and then they used it in that um, keynote. And then somehow he he has this project called Song a Day Man, and he likes technology, so therefore he did an unsolicited theme song for ATP, and now it's just in there every episode, and pretty much everybody hates it, but they still keep it. Like even when um when Overcast originally first came out, somebody had requested as a feature, um and it got a whole bunch of retweets of a skip button for however long the goddamn uh, ATP theme song is, which I thought was very very <sighs> good. Because nobody likes it, yet somehow it just sticks around. Yeah, I just... Because um, it's the worst.
0: It really is.
1: Although it's catchy as hell, but it's the worst.
0: So th- I I agree with the general sentiment that there, there are some songs which are really for, you know, by any measure terrible, but they're still kind of catchy. I, I do not think that applies to this ATP song. I just think it's awful through and through. I
1: don't think catchy in a good way, but since I've listened to like all hundred and twenty or how many episodes there are of that show, um like once you hear a couple of words you'll just get that you'll get it stuck in your head not for not for a good reason, not like a Kesha song as as we've covered mm, but yes. um no it's it's kind of the worst, and yeah, now they he did another unsolicited song just to kind of get himself out there and, and to annoy uh, to annoy everybody um he did a song about backblaze which apparently was like their entire ad read this week.
0: Yeah, so that that was kind of one of my other little notes was the the black the it's a hard hard word to say sometimes, backblaze ad. I, I I'm not I'm not a super big fan of quirky ads like that.
1: Yes. So so I guess what well, we'll get out of the way that that it's the unique ad approach to like the unscripted kind of just like wing it ad approach is kind of losing its charm a little bit unless it's kind of like i haven't listened to back to work in a while but merlin and uh dan like usually if they have somebody who's kind of like a productivity or like somebody who makes something cool and you have something to add to it like i don't know if whenever smile software somebody sponsors uh, the, a five by five show you get some useful stuff out of that and that's unscripted but if it's just like John Gruber talking about like healthcare insurance, just like randomly for five minutes, it's kind of weird. As have these song ads.
0: And then, oh yeah, so the, okay, I think that kind of ties into the the last bit of complaining about podcasting I want to do, which is also ad related. Which is, I I think we may have talked a little bit about this when we were talking about the ad format thing, but. It's It seems like it's the same four to five companies that sponsor virtually every podcast. Oh, sure. And I just, you know, it's not the fault of any individual podcast, but it just gets to the point where it's almost like I'm watching an episode of TV on Comcast Xfinity there on go. demand.
1: Nice. I mean, so Audible, Squarespace, Hover, um, and a few others are sustaining the entire technology podcast um, industry. And uh, the thing is, I find it hard to complain about because that makes shows I enjoy free um, or like it allows them to um, continue to exist. But yes, like I I do fast forward most of the ads because I'm either already a customer or I've decided to not um, try or buy their product. So I think that's that's kind of tricky.
0: And and, and I, and I both understand that every new episode of a particular show has listeners who have never listened to the show before. And I also understand that not everybody listens to lots of different podcasts all kind of in the same medium, sort of like we do. But then on the other hand, I feel like there are also a lot of people who consistently listen to episodes of a show. And like you just said, you listen to virtually every episode of ATP. And I also feel like there are a lot of people who listen to, you know, Upgrade and ATP and the talk show, all these sort of similar type of shows. So it just seems like there's such a large percentage of the audience that falls into one of those two ladder buckets that I just described, where it seems like somebody's got to become aware that repeating the same ads over and over again, both on the same show and across very similar shows, it just at some point you just, you lose you lose value in doing that and you know kind of like the way that i look at it it just becomes more of an annoyance
1: i kind of feel that way but i really don't know what else they would do because i think a lot of those things are like i think mailchimp in particular and they they don't over they sponsor everything but i don't think they overdo it um but it's not a service that everybody needs all the time, but it kind of like that saturation and the name being everywhere kind of like just forces it like just to be top of the mind all the time. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. Like us Huffer
1: sponsors a ton and I'm a regular customer of them. And generally whenever I hear it, I'm like, Oh great. I like them. And then I just fast forward through it. But yeah, there's certain ones where I, I just, I don't care, but I don't know. For me, the the only thing that gets really grating about it, and wow, this is a great way to start our ad free program. Um, is, is complaining about everybody else's ads. But um, <laughs> when you'll have like um like when John's doing like uh, on the talk show, he's doing an ad read for um, like Backblaze or something. He'll spend half the ad read explaining, oh, they've sponsored us a billion times. Why aren't you already on this or whatever? And I'm like, yeah, and just just skip it. Right. So anyway, I think this should this whole conversation, which people have either stopped listening to or fast forwarded through, uh, they should just uh, appreciate that this is a completely ad free uh, community service that we provide. It's a great point. Yes,
0: Um, and you know let's let's keep the good segues going. I feel like we segued between those different complaints pretty well. Um, the The new ESPN redesign espn.com which rolled out today i had forgotten that they actually when they came out with the new version of the ios app which finally supported the iphone 6 and 6 plus they had made a note saying hey you know we're also working on a redesign of the website that's going to launch on april 1st so i had forgotten about that but then when i launched espn this morning i remembered oh yeah um so I I sent you on my my laptop this morning. I sent you a picture in the Slack of exactly what espn.com looked like when I loaded it up. And I mean obviously this is a an audio program, so I'm trying to describe something visual, but um there's a there's a video ad which takes up probably the top close to half of the screen and then there are Banner ads all up and down the left and right hand sides of the screen, so I would say all in all two thirds of the screen is ads,
1: well, but they're from their uh rebranding launch partner chevy, so why do you why do you care?
0: so you know hopefully this is just like a launch thing, but i I just i cannot I cannot imagine a, a group of people sitting down and making any user-focused decision saying, yeah, this looks good. Well, it's because, user-focused. you know that? Well, and that's, I guess that's what's, I guess that's what's disappointing because, you know, in, in full disclosure, I, I work for a company which is, you know, largely advertisement supported, but, you know, I'm needless to say I'm biased, you know, as so I enjoy the company that I work for, but I feel like. There are ways to do ads in ways that are not this intrusive.
1: Mm. All right, uh, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna censor some of what I would I would respond to that with, but I I think, and I think if if you think about uh, your customers, the vast majority of people do not do not want to pay anything for a service, and there's an exceptionally high tolerance for intrusive advertising in exchange for free things like such as I have been like um like sometimes the ESPN stats and info uh Twitter account that's very very fun uh to to subscribe to will like post a link to like a video on uh ESPN's website and it will be like a 12 second sports clip which is preceded by a 30 second advertisement on a page with like two other advertisements on it and I mean there's not really an alternative and they don't because it's un because there's no like potential for getting a sizable number of customers to pay for it, they don't make any option where you don't get that. So, I mean, I don't really know what you want them to do since ESPN is the most profitable and part of all of Disney's like media outlets other than the movie business and the theme park business. So what are they supposed to do? That website makes a lot of money. Yeah, I... Like, it's terrible. Like, it's not as bad. And I think when we were talking about this earlier, I sent you a link to um, something, a screenshot I took like five years ago, uh, where on an entire like 15 inch laptop screen, I went to check the weather and not a single pixel told me the weather. So, I mean, I think this is at least a prettier example. And there were some sports scores on that screen. So, I think that's to their credit is something.
0: I, I I totally understand that it's a balance between wanting to maximize the, you know, the monetization of a website, particularly, a, excuse me, a property as as popular as ESPN, but it just, it just feels like there has to be better ways to do it than what I was seeing today.
1: I'd like to think so too.
0: But I mean, hopefully maybe this was just a launch day thing and, Things will change, but the thing that worries me, which you're, um, you're good at pointing out, is their app is <laughs> similarly laced with ads in very, very intrusive ways. So No, their
1: ad's worse. Or I mean, it just it's really frustrating when it takes... Because on mobile, that's one of the reasons why everybody is so excited about advertising on mobile, is that the user is so engaged with content on such a small screen where even like a half-screen ad, and with ESPN's app, it's full-screen ads you take all the attention away from the actual content itself which which is yeah it's just tough
0: all right should we should we actually get into some some tech news is that i think that's that's what this program's about right
1: <laughs> do you want to talk about mad men's pre- premiere to just keep it going on advertising
0: no. <laughs> nice um, we the, should let's 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 tangle the the tv talk we'll do that at the end sure i got nothing we, for that and we should we should tell people um, you know, we're we're recording a little bit later this evening. Got off to a little bit of a later start, so this will probably be a shorter program. But yeah, this will be a you know,
1: snappy fifteen minutes.
0: We're um we're about quality, not not quantity.
1: <laughs> I don't think that would hold up in court. <sighs>
0: um, your confidence is inspiring, Carlos. Yeah. Um, Am- Amazon Dash.
1: Ooh, okay.
0: So, okay, so I'm going to get one more gripe out of the way, then I'm done. April Fool's sucks. I hate it. It's awful. It's the single most frustrating day on the internet. Fortunately, it seems like some of the bigger, like, tech sites, such as Engadget, have gotten away from it, which I really, really appreciate, because a few years ago, they were, like, as guilty as anybody. But still, April Fool's is terrible. But anyway, the reason I bring that up is because... Amazon i I guess is leaked maybe before it um was officially announced, which is maybe why there was some confusion um, this Amazon dash button and people people were quick to think that this was like an April Fool's joke because it is a little quirky, but Amazon came out and I think to like but the, the New York joke? Times I'm sorry,
1: is that a joke well what joke that it's quirky
0: um I don't think it was a joke, okay. It wasn't meant as one. Okay. Could it be interpreted as a joke?
1: Because part of the Amazon Dash uh, thing was that they made. There's a company called Quirky that's gonna integrate automatic Amazon ordering into it.
0: Oh, I didn't know that. Good for okay. me, though. Wait, I count. will just we'll, we'll cut that all... out
1: so that it all works.
0: Yeah, we'll cut it all. We'll cut all this out and make it make it sound like I made a really good joke. All right. That nobody will get except you. Um, so Amazon Dash is. How do you describe this? It's it, it's a it's a So it's a Wi-Fi
1: connected button that you stick around your house and uh, they are kind of like chiefly like it's branded for a particular type of product. Like there are key examples that you have your washing machine, you get yourself a little Tide Amazon dash button. And whenever you realize uh, you're running near the end of your Tide, you click it. It connects to your home Wi-Fi network, sends you an email saying we've ordered more. It'll be there in two days with your prime shipping and uh, go on your merry way.
0: Oh, nice description.
1: Did you watch the video? Uh, of... No,
0: I, I saw you put that in there, but...
1: It's the worst, because it's this lady who's... She ran out of K-cups, and she's so distraught. And the video is not meant to be a joke. Like, she looks like she's going to have a mental breakdown. It's it's the worst. Um, So, I want you to think not just beyond yourself, because I think we can both agree that for um single people, or, like, people who, like unmarried people i should say in an apartment this seems kind of crazy or or at least for me it seems really not useful or like i the volume of purchases that these would lead to aren't high enough to make this a reasonable invention so who do you think this is for or do you think it's for nobody
0: i I kind of think so i i had forgotten that the um the product they came out with before, which had like the microphone and the barcode or the, there's a bit of barcode scanner. Just the regular Amazon dash. Yeah. Yeah. I had forgotten that that was also called the Amazon dash. Mm -hmm. Um, But so I I was going back and looking at that and um, yeah. So the, that, that, that kind of made sense to me. I think we talked about it on the show. I forget if that was pre launch or post launch for the show, but you know, it, that that seemed like it had some utility. Like, I I could see some, you know, like families of four or whoever who maybe that, that it would have some use. But I don't know. The, the the button thing seems really, really gimmicky.
1: Of course. But gimmicky but useful
0: or just gimmicky? Just gimmicky. But I, I also think, and maybe we've said this before too, that Amazon has reached a kind of Google level where... They have the capital, they have the resources, they have the people, where they can kind of just go out and just throw some ideas at the wall, and even if only one out of every hundred stick, that's still worth the investment.
1: I'm not sure they do. I'm sure Jeff Bezos is cool with that, but but yes, I, I Amazon is their stated goal has been to operate as close to a break even margin as or uh, operating margin as they can and to eliminate almost all the friction they possibly can from the from wanting to buy something and having purchased it. And if this can cut that down from like a minute and a half to five seconds, I think they'll do it. And eventually the like economies of scale will make it so that this is super cheap. But for me, I guess my view of this is that it's only useful for like households of people with kids who go through things this quickly and that's kind of a small audience because i think like amazon fresh and all those other things and like the regular dash scanner while very limited or like that kind of skews the other way where it appeals to more like urban dwellers and that kind of stuff i don't know i just think it's it's a very limited utility product but if it keeps people thinking of amazon before going to the store then i mean it's accomplished its goal but i, I just don't know
0: i you know it, it could even just be one of those things that we're thinking about a little too hard and that this isn't in any way intended to be some you know big sales drive or anything it's just meant to be a little quirky thing maybe they get some useful <laughs> you maybe they get like there's that word again mm-hmm. um maybe they just get some useful data out of it or something. I mean, who knows? I, I again, I think Amazon's just reached that point where they can they can experiment with stuff. I mean, maybe this leads to something different or, you know, maybe the again, the data they get here leads them to make a different decision that maybe they wouldn't have otherwise made. I don't know. They're a, they're becoming. We've we've talked long about having like an Amazon show. I don't really know what the exact premise of it would be but
1: what's the deal with amazon yeah
0: i I, yeah what i was gonna say was that i think one of the kind of big kind of topics to look into is just yeah like what what is what what was what is amazon now like what how do you define what they do and what direction are they going in
1: Uh, again i think the direction they're going is is for amazon to be your everything like they they host they have amazon web services which hosts the vast majority of the internet they have amazon prime where everybody thinks of amazon first to get their shit in 2 days they have amazon prime video which they're willing to sink as much money as they humanly possibly need to to keep that in people's minds so they don't go all netflix and apple only and then they're doing amazon fresh they're doing amazon subscribe and save they have kindle they're doing everything to kind of shoehorn Amazon into your life so that once they've squeezed out competitors, they are the dominant market player that can price however they want to. That would be my, my Cliff Notes preview of what that show would be about.
0: Yeah. So, yeah. Um, all right. I think that's, uh, that's enough. I'm on, uh, on Amazon, uh, Amazon Dash Button, Just rolls right off the tongue, as so many tech names do.
1: Alright, what's next? So, okay, you're, t- so, you're running a tight show tonight.
0: Yeah, so I I forgot, it. have we talked about the <clears throat> the Tesla update, the range anxiety focused update? We have not. Okay, so this came out a couple of weeks ago now, I guess, and you know, Elon Musk had teased it on Twitter, people got all excited, thinking it would be maybe like a better battery or something, you know, a little bit more exciting, but it ended up just being a software update for uh, the existing Model S, and what this does is it better routes your trips so that you're never going to be out of reach of a, a supercharger, and it also does things like let you know whether or not a particular station has an available slot, all this kind of stuff. So you know, I you know, you and I are both long fans of of Tesla. I like the way the cars look and everything.
1: My opinion on that's changed a little bit, but sure.
0: Okay. But, you know, I so I was looking into, okay, you know, if you were to plan a trip and you were to use this this software update where you were, you know, basically just depending on superchargers to to keep the vehicle charged. You know, what what does that mean? And so, you know, Tesla to their credit has a really great website which I put into the the Slack, which is, you know, just describing how superchargers work, where they are, etc. And so it, it takes 30 minutes, roughly, to provide 170 miles of charge, which is roughly like 75% of the capacity of the battery, give or take. And, you know, so if you think about that, right, that means that every 30 minute, every, every I'm sorry, every 170 miles of driving, which, you know, if you're on the freeway, that ends up being every two and a half hours or so you have to stop for a minimum of 30 minutes to charge your vehicle and then you know if you actually want to sit there and wait for the supercharger to fully charge your battery there you're looking at about 75 minutes that that to me just seems like a truly awful experience particularly for a car which you know, with its price and everything, it is a luxury vehicle. That that seems as far from luxurious as you could possibly get.
1: Well, but I thought the whole thing was that it's that the Tesla is never your primary car.
0: I mean, like, I, I know it's a dumb you know. thought
1: to have, but it's like I I totally understand the 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 difficulties in in reconciling that a cool eighty thousand dollars super fun to drive car is your least functional car but that's what it is and that's what electrical cars are going to be and it, that's kind of disappointing and and just and just strange but that's what it is because this and this like a superchargers for them to work one you have to proactively plan your route around these things you have to find an EV charging station that is not filled up with other people cuz remember all these charging stations have like six chargers there so if Electronic vehicles become popular, and let's say you're taking like a Labor day trip where other people will be commuting as well along the same route. What happens if they're all full then you have to then you have to wait even longer, and a lot of these stations that they list on this map that i 'm looking at them most of them are at hotels where you're not allowed to use it unless you're a hotel guest I, I don't know it just seems this. <sighs> It seems like a Tesla could only be like a leisure car or a commuter car. And the price makes those two applications seem kind of like mutually exclusive.
0: Right. And I I guess the other just general point I'm trying to make is that Tesla pitches their vehicle as, again, being very high end um, and being, you know, again, to use the word luxurious, but it just seems like. On paper, like the, the concept of a supercharger sounds really neat. And, and just, you know, the concept of having just a fully electric vehicle sounds neat. But, you know, as, as you're, again, famous for saying, like the devil is in the details, where when you actually dig into this stuff and you think about the logistics of owning this car and using it, particularly on longer road trips, it it just kind of breaks down.
1: Exactly. That's why you have your uh, Ford Fiesta on the side. Oh, God, yeah.
0: I mean oh, that, the, the fiesta. Wait, what's wrong with it? I mean it's it, it's it's fine. I just um, I'm ready to ready to get a new vehicle. <laughs> do,
1: okay, well hold on. We'll, we'll get back to that. But
0: what's well, it? It's a, a two year lease. I mean, it's up in August. So it's, no, I know. About, but but what what has you so down on it? I've always been down on it. I've I've never really liked that car. <laughs> it, it was a car which I I leased at a particular time for a particular need, and that time and need has passed. Gotcha. Quarter
1: life crisis. I got gotcha. you. <laughs> yeah. Gotta get something sporty. And the fun.
0: world's the world's saddest quarter life purchase.
1: No, I mean that's that's what your new car is gonna be.
0: Well, that's that's a good point.
1: You're gonna go all out with this uh, escape. You're gonna get like double sunroofs and uh yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the, the Tesla. I don't know. It's 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 weird. I, I think it'll become more practical when the model w or, or or wait no or like the what's what's the suv or the, like the reasonably priced one going to be called do you know
0: i i forget if they have a name for it i mean they they're very public about saying after the model x that's the next thing they're going to work on but the
1: model x is still going to be kind of expensive right
0: yeah I, th- I think the website says that the pricing and the specifications are going to be largely the same as the model s it's really just the model s in a different body
1: gotcha like, I mean, once that car comes out and you can justifiably say that, hey, that's our family's second car, and that's the commuting kind of local trips and everyday errands kind of car, that's fine. But otherwise, like, the Model S, to me, like, it, it's a Nissan Leaf at four times the price and isn't really that much nicer. Like, I've, I've gradually fallen out of love with the Model S. It's not, like it's not that nice to look at the inside isn't that bad or is isn't that nice and like if if you're like if you're a wealthy person and this is something cool that you want it you, where are you going to go you can take this to Napa and back and that's all you can do in the bay area like what, what are you going to do with it like who's going to plan their life around superchargers in saying that you get rid of range anxiety by having a really annoying map on screen that says, Hey, you're going to run out of battery. If you don't stop for an hour at this, uh, hotel and try to try to get a reservation so you can use their charging station. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I, I mean, I I think comparing the model S to the Nissan leaf is a little bit extreme, but um... if you're going
1: to talk about a limited range car, why not get something tiny that, that uh, like, I don't know, like just get yourself a Nissan leaf and get yourself a five series. Like, it's the same price. It's funny. it's funny, but you're kind of right. No, you get you get your super comfortable five series that you can drive to Santa Barbara and back, on, or to Santa Barbara on a single uh, tank of fuel, and you can refill in five minutes and just be happy. And then you have a super super efficient, relatively nice commuter car.
0: You know, somehow somehow this is turning into like neutral. But I, I should I should copy Marco's uh, car opening and closing sounds and put them in here or something
1: neutral is a good show
0: i don't know yeah it's not really a car person you wouldn't know it based on this conversation but um you know another car doesn't just really doesn't make any sense to me given its its capability and price is the i3
1: no the i3 makes sense it's somebody who has no it's oh, there we go that is a much better example if, you, if you're somebody who has a five series or you have a nice uh, you have a nice car and you want a efficient but still fun. Like the i3 is the Leaf, but cool. Again, this is saying if you have money, because the i3 is not that expensive.
0: I mean, it starts at 41. Mm-hmm. And it only yeah, goes. Yeah, but that,
1: that's pre pre subsidies. And the Leaf is like 32 pre subsidies. God, is it really? Electric cars are expensive, dude. Jeez.
0: So, again, the, yeah, mean, no, that doesn't the i3 only go like. It's like 160 what? miles. Yeah.
1: The 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 Tesla is is two hundred unless you get like the the crazy version for like ninety five thousand, right? Yeah. Anyway, yeah, three is kind of cool. Except it 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 looks funky. I don't know why. Uh, why why does it look? I good? want
0: I want so I really want to be excited about a car. Does that make sense? Like I want there to be a car out there that I'm really excited about. I want there to be like the iPhone of cars.
1: There is. It's called the Hyundai Sonata.
0: What made you think of that particular model?
1: It's an exceptionally reasonably priced car that supports uh, CarPlay and uh, Android Auto.
0: So you've mentioned on the show before that Hyundai was a, a current CarPlay and Android Auto supporter.
1: I think it's 2015 or 2016 or later. So I think there's only like a couple models that support it, but it's oh, coming okay. out next year. Like current in-showroom models, I think most don't.
0: Okay. See, so I I think I had interpreted what you'd said before as being like, yeah, like all their cars support it now. And I no, no,
1: their plans were so that when your next uh, car purchase comes up, that uh, will probably be an option. I see.
0: Yeah. Uh, based on Jason Snell's hands-on, I, I mean, we talked about that. I I don't know.
1: But again, you're you're talking again it competing with whatever's already in there. Yeah. It can't get much worse. And I'm saying that with iDrive being above average. And that's not saying much.
0: Wait, I forget which which model do you have?
1: Uh, X one.
0: Is that should I consider that car? No. Hmm. Okay. Well,
1: I mean, yes. I mean, it's been great, but I don't know. It's it's gonna get redesigned this year, and the new one looks uglier.
0: You know how when like um, you use a website or a service, and they they say like on a scale of one to ten, how likely are you to you know recommend this to a friend or family member? Mm-hmm. What is so what? So where where on that scale would the X one be?
1: The brand or the car? Of uh, the car. Out of ten? Mm-hmm. Seven and a half. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Pretty good. You're still leaning towards your escape? Yeah, I think so. Nice. With with Blackberry OS built in.
0: Oh, maybe. That's I mean, yeah, we've we've gone we've gone into the whole Sync Three thing on the show a couple times, so I won't repeat that, but that can that continues to be one of my concerns.
1: All right, what else we got?
0: Um, I'm scrolling through. There's really not not a whole lot of other news. I mean, I guess we're gonna have one more show next week. That'll be like pre iPhone iPhone Watch uh, Apple Apple Watch pre order because that'll be that'll be happening next Thursday, presumably like next Thursday night slash Friday morning. Um. I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm kind of just assuming that these things it'll be like you know midnight on Thursday, right?
1: Um, probably. Wait, so when are you able to make a, uh, reservations for in-store try-ons?
0: This, the same. I think it's like the same. As soon as pre-orders become available on the website, there's also going to be the reservation system.
1: That'll start that same day.
0: Yeah. So it's it's strange. Weird. This
1: whole thing seems weird.
0: It's strange where you know, and the materials that have kind of come out have indicated that when you make a reservation to try these on, you are not, you're not guaranteeing yourself a product, like you're not actually buying anything yet. So it, it seems weird to both offer pre orders, and then also give people the option to try it on and then wait to buy it until later. Because I mean, I mean, you you don't think this seem, you don't think this is going to be the case. But I think it's possible where Maybe the initial batch of these things, even if it's maybe not so much because of demand, but just because of limited supply, maybe the initial supply of these things runs out pretty fast when pre-orders come up. So I mean, how pissed would you be if you, you know, make a reservation pretty soon after this thing goes live, and you know, say that you're working on Friday the 10th, right? So you make a reservation for like Saturday, and then you get to the 11th, and you go to pre-order one after you've, you know, picked out which one you want after your, your try-on, And it's, you know, a 7- to 10-day delay.
1: In the grand scheme of things, I'm not sure that's going to matter too much. I don't think most regular people will care. But also, I think just kind of this whole thing is just going to be kind of a mess. It just seems like so much work and also that Apple's not really helping. Like, it seems like they're trying to make it be an easy but also overly complicated buying experience. Like they've already said, there's going to be no walk-in purchases, which is which which is strange, and that you have to do all these reservation try-ons. I understand that's to keep like crowds away or whatever, but I think they're also slightly overestimating the demand for the product. It it all just seems really weird to me. I mean, maybe that's because I have one foot out the door and I don't really care too much about the product.
0: Yeah, your negativity about Apple Watch in general is kind of bumming me out.
1: Again, I'm I'm still psyched about uh, about uh, MacBook not Pro. It's
0: <laughs> so I, that, so that's the I get the other little bit of Apple stuff we should talk about. We we've been texting about this the last few days, and it, it seems it, like the, it, the it's a product they've forgotten about. Because how is there no news about the yeah? The, so the availability of this thing is weird because so I I told you this over text that when they they said April 10th during the announcement that it was going to be available. I immediately just just took it as a granted, like, oh, yeah, okay, so you know, you can be able to pre-order this thing on store.apple.com um, as soon as this event is over, and then, you know, I, I went onto the website to look, and it just, it just says coming soon, and I thought, oh, okay, that's weird, and, you know, still today, April 1st, it still just says coming soon, so we're at the point now where it doesn't look like there's going to be any sort of, like, pre-orders or anything, but... In addition to that, why does it say coming soon? Why doesn't it say coming April tenth? Like, haven't they already said when it's coming out? I get coming. I get saying coming soon if you haven't announced a date yet, but uh, it just—I don't. know, it Seems very weird.
1: I guess for me the issue is that then I look at it in space gray and I just don't care.
0: What do you? What do you mean?
1: I just look at the laptop in space gray and then I just. It can take a year. I don't even care.
0: Oh, oh! I thought you meant like you don't, like you didn't care anymore. I was like, what? What? No, no. But, I'm just, okay. I, no, I, I get it now.
1: It's a slick, looking laptop.
0: It's gonna be, it's gonna be so terrible.
1: But because here's the thing: like over the past couple of weeks, I've been trying to, I've been away in the iPad and uh, trying to use the laptop more. And yeah, the, the, if I had a laptop that weighed half as much as this one, I think it would bridge the gap in what I need. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to it, and I've thought long and hard about the compromises. And I think it's still going to make sense for me. So I'm still pumped.
0: I am too. And I don't even need a laptop. How weird is that?
1: A quarter life crisis, man.
0: It's very weird. Yeah. Huh. Um, what else? What else? What I what mean, maybe, so let's, let's do this. Maybe one more semi short news story and then let's get into the TV stuff. I guess the, the, the last thing I have, which surprise, surprise is also Apple related. Mm the um apple apple tv rumors yeah so we talked on the show about it and th- i think these rumors further indicate that you know the, the next the next version of apple tv is presumably going to be better hardware with some sort of app store and then maybe some type of like bundled service where for some amount of money per month you're going to get a set of like channels which will just be they kind of be, like, be a set of apps I, to be honest, none of those things sounds very exciting to me. Like the idea of an app store on Apple TV, like maybe there'll be like a cool game here or there or something, but... Well, where,
1: where do you get the leap to gaming?
0: Well, I just, I don't know. Based on the way that the app store has evolved on iPhone, it just seems like games will be something that will have some sort of prominence on any sort of other app store that Apple does.
1: Well, I mean, you don't think that... The more appealing part of that to me, if that were to play out the um, the logical way, is that there's no more like weird gatekeepers. So if I want to get Pandora or Spotify or Instacast on my Apple TV, I would then have that option. And it's not just whichever random third-party vendors Apple wants to just magically create a little channel for on the Apple TV that I have to go then hide.
0: I mean, sure, it's, it's definitely more than just games but i guess the, my my general point is that i don't know just the, the idea of an app store on apple tv just i just i don't know it just doesn't really excite me like obviously when the iphone came out and there wasn't yet an app store but everybody everybody kind of knew it was coming that that was extraordinarily exciting and there was just kind of an infinite number of cool possibilities that people could you know come up with for that for that store and that platform but i just i don't i don't get that same feeling with apple tv I think you're thinking a
1: bit too small, um, and I think it would be a pretty big deal. Because, like, what kind of content are you airplaying from one of your iOS devices to the Apple TV?
0: It's usually videos that I, you know, open or that come across in a website, and then I'll, you know, if I'm sitting on my couch, I'll sometimes stream it up to the TV
1: so it's not generally from one particular provider where like some type of app for that would be more useful
0: no because the services that i use for the most part i mean the two services i use most of the time are hbo go and netflix and i mean those both already have native apps on apple tv yeah um
1: what is your what are your thoughts on uh voice activation or siri being integrated
0: into it yeah, I mean, I, th- I think again that, that 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 sounds like logical next steps, and that sounds like it would improve the overall experience. But again, not not something that I'm like chomping at the bit for. It just, it, I know it just seems like there's a undue amount of excitement for this product.
1: I think it's just that the product hasn't been refreshed in like a solid four years, and it's sluggish and occasionally unreliable that that's what's getting most people somewhat excited about it. Because it's generally universally acknowledged that every other box, particularly like the Roku 3, are way better at this. It's just that AirPlay is kind of that killer app that, why bother with the other ones? So, I mean, if Apple wants to kind of own this whole home solution, which they continue to say they want to do with iCloud and your iOS devices and all the stuff living in that whole ecosystem, they need something better than the current hockey puck. At least for the living room. Like, they can still keep around the $69 box thing. But I think the main hub in the living room needs to be more powerful than this to compete.
0: I agree. Yeah.
1: All right. Real quick, one last uh, follow-up thing. Uh, I think a few months ago, I had uh, when I switched to Dropbox entirely, we were talking about uh, Carousel. Yes. Their photo management application. Anyway, the uh, fu- the most glaringly obvious complaint about the product was that it had no configurable options and it just searched for every image file in your entire Dropbox, which is a terrible idea. Well, like a year and a half later, uh they have finally introduced like the first setting that you can use for the for the application where you can finally exclude folders. That's all. So now it's actually partially usable. Wow. That's why I, I'm i genuinely uh, excited for um, photos for OS 10 and iCloud photo library to be a thing. Because I think that's actually going to work pretty well for how I want this to work.
0: Pretty interesting that these are the types of things we get excited about now.
1: Yeah. All right.
0: All right. So um... Big Bang Theory. Let's do this. Oh, God. Please. I thought,
1: I thought you and your, your pals liked that show.
0: No, well, some of my pals do, but oh, it no. seems right up your alley what is that Does, I'm sorry is is that like an insult?
1: No, I'm sorry,
0: that's mean. It's the worst it really is yeah, I just don't understand why it's so popular I don't I don't i to be perfectly honest, I don't understand why a lot of what's on t v is popular, but that's neither here nor there,
1: okay, so let's talk about actual good t v Better Call Saul. Yeah,
0: so Better Call Saul. I mean, we've said it a couple of times on the show, but it's worth repeating again. It this show is just surprisingly great. It's it's, ama- it's amazing how good this show is.
1: I, I I'm not sure. Uh, surprisingly, I think it's just we weren't really told what to think, or we weren't given a good suggestion of what it would be. But I think it's classic. Um, it has a lot of the hallmarks of Breaking Bad, but repurposed in a really interesting way with a very interesting character. And they've done so much character development that's getting you really invested in what you're watching. Which is why last week's episode was so good. But I do think we have two episodes to cover.
0: I yeah, I believe so. Um so that was two episodes ago, that that was was that the Mike centric episode or was there another episode after that?
1: So there was the one where we got uh more information on um I mean, the first one was uh, last week's was where we saw the beginnings of the class action lawsuit that he started working on, and a lot of it was Mike heavy stuff.
0: That's relating to
1: his daughter and or, or to his granddaughter, right?
0: Yeah. So we did talk about the Mike centric show, but then so then the following week was yeah the the kickoff of the antitrust lawsuit at the retirement community. Yeah, which is a really kind of interesting little storyline I think I and I like how you know I guess we all kind of made the assumption that you know every maybe like every show every couple shows would be kind of like a new case or like a new client or whatever right but I kind of like how so far the the couple of clients that he's had and a couple cases that he's worked on have been more more these kind of longer form story story arcs and I think they've been really they've been really interesting
1: Exactly. And I do like how long it's taken for us to start seeing hints of where Saul Goodman becomes Saul Goodman. Right. And the, like the, the last 10 minutes of last week or this week's episode. Mm-hmm. Fantastic.
0: Yeah. So I guess th- two weeks ago, maybe I'd feel like there's not as much to talk about with that episode. I feel like it's th- this most recent one where there was a lot of really good stuff.
1: I think last week's was a whole lot of setup for what we're seeing now.
0: That's right. Right. So I think this week's episode was so good because there were two really great storylines. One was the continuation of this antitrust lawsuit and then what happened when they tried to bring it back to his brother's law firm. And then secondly, I thought the stuff with Mike was also really great. This is kind of like the beginnings of him having these little nefarious side jobs where he you know he he's just he's Mike he's super super calm he looks completely in it like you know just kind of innocent and he but he's he's not at all and he's awesome
1: yeah it, it's it, the whole character particularly in Breaking Bad his whole like silent and calm and collected but like all well-prepared and well-knowing just style is is fantastic to watch
0: yeah i i thought the the scene in the parking garage where he you know he's waiting to be picked up for his first you know side job from the the veterinarian and then he you know meets up with those two other guys and the way that he takes down the smart mouth one so good mm-hmm. just so that that's probably that's probably been one of my favorite scenes so far of the series yeah um
1: and having This is going to relate to nobody, but real quick. Um, Have you noticed how careful they are to keep things inside kind of the time period that they're working with, which is supposed to be like 2004 to 2005? Yes. Did you notice in the parking garage scene uh, there was an AT&T building in the background that had uh, the new logo from 2010? No. Okay. I'm just making sure no normal people would notice that.
0: No, no normal person would notice that. Thank you. And plus, I mean, come on, this isn't Mad Men.
1: But seriously, like Vince Gilligan has just such an attention to de- detail, and I had no idea how that slipped through. <sighs> I, mean, I I do I understand appre- that I'm insane. It's okay. You can move on.
0: I do appreciate the the technology that's used in the show. It's it's um it's just it's incredible. Like you know, two thousand four, two thousand five was not that long ago. Ten years ago.
1: No, it, and it's totally period accurate.
0: But it's just it's I don't know it's um. As much as we complain, so I think I think we've talked about this before. But as much as we complain about the technology we have today, it's a good idea to sometimes just take a step back, look at what we had just a handful of years ago, and think, "Wow, what we have today is a whole lot better." Most definitely. But anyway, that's that. That is not part of the show. Um. So then, I guess the track with you know, um. Them taking the, you know, Saul taking the case to the his brother's law firm, and it, I guess also a little subplot like his brother seems to be getting a little bit better, like he's tolerating being outside some now, and he actually goes back to the law office when they're you know showing this case. Um,
1: so I thought most of that was related to him finally being able to distract himself and kind of get back into work. So I thought that whole happened. That whole thing happened when he had an interesting case and something to focus his frustrations
0: on yeah by better i don't mean physically i just I mean mentally gotcha um and so they you know they 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 pitch the case you know saul jimmy also just kind of makes the assumption like okay well yeah he's going to give the case to this firm but then he's also going to you know work it he's going to become an employee of the firm and he's denied that and there's some you know some back and forth there and it you know it seems like it's because of the one of the partners at the firm who he's never gotten along with it seems like it was his decision or mostly his decision not to let it happen but it turns out that before the meeting we and we had seen this you know um, jimmy's brother made a call and it turns out that call was to the other partner saying hey don't hire jimmy and his reasoning for that is really crappy it's because he thinks that You know, Jimmy took a big shortcut by getting his law degree from some, you know, online university as opposed to, I guess, a more prestigious university. I mean, it basically just comes across as being super, super just jealous and, you know.
1: I'm not sure jealousy, but I believe that Petty. Petty. There we go. Yeah.
0: And I think, you know, I'll, I'll kind of let you take it from there, but I think you make the really good point that it's slights like that and kind of the nobody nobody takes me seriously because I am sort of a goofball, but I also really know what I'm doing sort of mentality that kind of leads Jimmy to eventually become Saul.
1: Exactly. So I think over the whole entire season, I wasn't really sure where things were going and I didn't realize, or I just wasn't sure when Saul Goodman become Saul Goodman, if they were going to draw that out to like three or four seasons and that was going to be the end game of the show. But no, it seems like things are pretty clearly progressing to the point where, this like being abandoned and insulted and degraded by his own family member, and just being manipulated, is kind of his breaking point, and that's where he's going to use the money that he collects immediately from this um, case handoff, and then in the long term, from that case's uh, ultimate resolution, is how he's going to start his kind of strip mall law office. But I guess for me the what concerns me, or what I'm not sure about, is how this will translate into season two and beyond. Because once the um, the show moves in that direction, that's where it becomes what I feared it was going to be from the start. Do you think that's a justified concern? I I do. Um, I don't think it I, will. I think they're smarter than that. But I do. I just I can't predict, or I can't see a way that that makes sense.
0: I I still think that we might be. A ways off from him going the whole strip mall route i feel i feel like there could be a few kind of story arcs between where we're at now and that i don't think i don't think what's happening right now necessarily has to lead directly to that Hmm. i mean maybe i'm just hoping that's what it is but i also i also think that there's legitimately a, a good or solid direction you could take the show without having to go that far gotcha but I, I do have some concerns about that too. I don't, as good as the show has been, I don't know how sustainable it is. I don't know. I don't know if this is a five-season show. But I know, I I know that AMC is going to try to make it a five-season show, and they probably will. Just because I, I of,
1: think Vince Gilligan has the sense to not destroy his track record and brand with that. I don't think he's going to let them uh, Walking Dead it.
0: Oh yeah! Don't get
1: me started on that. Again, a show that. Much like Big Bang Theory, I, inexplicably popular.
0: Well, The Walking Dead I think is infinitely better than the Big Bang Theory, but it certainly has its faults. One of which is just the yeah the way that AMC is just beating it into the ground. And, and
1: what what are they naming the uh, the the spin-off of it?
0: Fear the Walking Dead. There we go. No, not Sounds not a great not a great name. <sighs> and then I guess the other the other. TV topic to briefly touch on is uh, Mad Men. It's coming back um, Sunday, Easter.
1: Yeah, I think uh, during The Better Call Saul, uh, you you see it right when you're skipping through the commercials. Um, all the advertising they've been doing is pretty heavy-handed for this season. And I guess I'm not as emotionally invested in its return. So I, I guess I'm probably the wrong person to ask about this. I think it's a good show, and I, and I'm, I I would like to see how it ends, but I don't think it's the seminal moment in television. That they need all these retrospectives and all these celebrities saying why they think it's the best show on earth.
0: You know, yeah, I think the um, the commercials they've been doing have been really good because they've been they kind of just pull out your heartstrings. It just it's just all clips from previous seasons. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess I guess historically they've kind of done the same thing where they, you know, Matthew Weiner really doesn't like to show. Scenes from future episodes. I mean, he's famous for making the little previews for the next week's episode, you know, completely useless because just because he doesn't like to give away anything. But I don't think they've shown like a single scene or anything from these final seven episodes.
1: No, and actually, and can you recap what? Where did it end
0: up? Are no, they still it, in L.A.? It's so funny. I was, I just was having that thought where I have no, I have absolutely no idea. What happened last season on Mad Men? It's been so. It's been a year. It has. So I, I you know, I, I typically do this with all the shows that I watch. I'll I'll go back and watch like the last two episodes from the previous season before I get into the new season, and I'll certainly do that with Mad Men. But yeah, I you know I I think it's it's run its course, and I I think ending it now is is fine. You know, I, I don't I don't think I'm craving for it to go on for seasons and seasons and seasons. But I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, it's gonna be good. I, I I was also kind of reminded of how long that show's been on. I mean, we were like juniors in college, I think, when that thing came out.
1: Yeah, I think it's 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 seven. It's what is it seven seasons? And that's including two of AMC's uh, nonsense uh, split seasons.
0: Well, and it, it includes also a really long break between two of the seasons when they were kind of working out some contract stuff. Mm-hmm. I think there was like some like year like eighteen month break or something between two of the seasons.
1: Yeah. Was was this a show that was affected by the writer's strike, or is that a different?
0: Type? No, this was this was just a dispute between, uh, I think primarily Matthew Weiner and AMC. Gotcha. Not not writer strike related. Yeah. That was, um, I think that was like our freshman year, or maybe yeah. sophomore year. Yeah. The year before Mad Men came out.
1: Yeah. I'm glad to still have a weekly show because again, I'm not a uh, Game of Thrones guy. And now that Better Call Saul is ending, at least for uh, the next uh, six months or so, I'm glad I still have something to look forward to. Television-wise.
0: What what else do you have to look forward to?
1: Everything in life.
0: Because Mad Men's only going to be seven episodes. That's just seven weeks.
1: I got I got Giants baseball. I got tons of stuff. Hmm. Yeah, there's there's a lack of good TV, but that's a
0: topic. Yeah, we should come back to that.
1: Yes, on a future episode.
0: Well, that actually did not end up being... A super short episode after all. We're going to, after some editing, we'll be just a little under an hour, I think.
1: Keeping things tight.
0: Yeah.